0: Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chidi Jacob, here this morning to share with us today's episode of our everyday ongoing fellowship with the world. We are so deeply grateful to God for all that he has done for us. And beloved brothers and sisters, today... Um, you know what the conversation is, you know what we're talking about, you know what we're sharing. And But I will go a little bit backwards today to read a scripture to you. Now, so those who have been following for a long time, you are conversant with this scripture. So it's also good. Each time we look at the scripture, we see it in a better context. And it's also going to, so it's helpful for everybody. But more so... For those who are new to this family, those who are new to this fellowship, those who have been following the message not quite long, because it is very obvious, truly, truly obvious that the majority of us out there are not even aware of what has been done. And you know why? I can understand because it makes more sense to the flesh man. When you tell him, do this thing and God will do something for you, right? It makes more flesh sense to the man. And as per church, it doesn't make sense to tell people, you know, your victory is going to come in this particular service. Now notice this, your victory is not what Christ has done, but your victory is going to come once you do this particular thing. Once you say this particular thing, once you act in this particular way. And people are not aware of what works is perhaps when they hear the word works, they think it's about when they stress, when they you know fight so hard, when they sweat and stuff like that. Don't forget, work is anything done out of faith. Out of faith means that you don't expect this to happen because of what Christ has already done, but you expect this to happen because you did S Y Z. For example, if I say to you that you know in this service, if your shout can can you know if your shout can be louder than everybody's shout, uh, you know God will bless you. You know uh, that's an example of works. Uh, I mean that that may shock you, but as little as that is, because the idea here is that the blessing you're expecting does not come because of the kindness of what Christ has done, but because you are shouting. So if you happen to be in that service and you know maybe you have a challenge with your voice. Or you know there are people who have very tiny voices, and so definitely that blessing is not for you because it's for those who can shout louder and louder. And why is the man saying that? The man is saying that because he just wants to hear people the echo. So again, I'm bringing this up this month so you can see how little little your faith can be removed from the center of it all, and you been with without you being aware of it. And beloved, the reason I'm going to read this scripture this morning is to remind you again, one more time again, that in case you don't know, in case you have not believed, that everything concerning me and you, God has already finished it. Now, I'm I'm going to say that, and I want to repeat it and show you in the scriptures, but I want you to know that God, there's no God that is in heaven sitting Waiting for you to become perfect, serve him perfect, do everything perfectly right. After you have done all those things, he will not start to release his blessing to you. There's no God like that. In fact, if he's like that, he's no different from man right? Because if I hire you as a staff, you don't give me a problem. You praise me all the time. You do, you go above and beyond. You serve me. You do everything. Even me, that is man. I'm talking about my physical appearance now. I'll be nice to you, man. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you your money. I will give you a bonus. I will talk about you. I will tell people that, you know, the, this person here um, is the best of all, right? So, there will be no difference between me and God. What makes him God is that he knows the beginning to the end. And before you got there, he has already made the provision. He has already set apart everything that you and I will ever need. Now, what is difficult? This is what is difficult for people to believe. And because they don't have the physical equivalent of what has been done, they keep trying to do things to get the physical equivalent without knowing that it comes by faith, it comes by believing, it comes by simply accepting in you, accepting in you. For example, what other victory am I going to look for that Christ has not already provided for me? So pastor, what do I do? Every day I close my eyes. I thank him because I'm victorious already. I'm not asking him to come and give me victory. Because if there's if victory was not guaranteed me, given to me in Christ, then I don't know what else God was going to do to give me victory. But one acknowledges what has been done. And don't forget, what is inside of you becomes what is outside of you. One acknowledges what has been done. One is looking to heaven. Hoping that if you cry enough, if you pray enough, if you shout enough, then God will now hear your shout from heaven and start to release victory for you. Beloved, ladies and gentlemen, I want to help you understand this morning because faith brings us to a place of rest. Let me tell you, whatever it is that you and I will ever need, that's the context. That's the that's the 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 cross, the The key theme of today's message. That's the message I want to drive to your home. And this also continues what I've been saying. Don't forget, we have been spending years looking for heaven that is on the sky. And now we know that heaven is a place that we have entered into that relationship. That the presence of God dwelling in a man is heaven in that man. Praise God. What is the difference in this? It becomes something you and I can experience. The victory Christ has won for us comes. Not because we keep shouting to get victory, but we acknowledge, right? We acknowledge, we accept. That we are victorious. If you continue to accept that, even your eyes will see yourself as being victorious in the first place. It removes your fears, it removes your pain, it removes the you know your depression, it removes all the anxiety. And the more this this negative things leaves you, the more your life flows better. The more your character is better. You see yourself being more kind to people, being more patient to people, being more understanding. So you can see that all these things are connected together but if you continue to see yourself without a victory and then you're crying to get some victory from from somewhere it, it it's hard to extend goodness to other people because you don't see yourself as having anything so how can you give out but when you continue to acknowledge that's why the bible talks about in all things we give him thanks that's why it what it means in every situation we give him thanks we don't give him thanks because he has, because if we don't give him thanks, he will get annoyed. No, giving him thanks is acknowledging that even though that situation is bad, he has already solved it for you. Praise God. Amen and amen. And for those of you who, uh, has been on this journey for a while, this is a scripture that we chewed over and over and over at the beginning. Let me bring you back this morning to help you cement all that you have had. This is Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse number 1. Of course, I'm reading the TPT. 2 Peter, the book of 2 Peter. Beginning from verse 1, I will read from, um, you know, 2 Peter chapter 1. I will read verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, I will read from verse 1. Here's what it says. This letter is from Simon Peter, a loving servant. I love that. A loving servant. I was telling those in the discipleship class last Sunday because last Sunday I was teaching them about service and I was telling them that they've been in the discipleship class for a while. I've never told them do this, do that, do that. No, we have to get the spirit right. If you notice today, we use the word ministry, but ministry is nothing but service. And so, because we use the word ministry, it becomes a title. That man is a minister of God. It becomes a title. And I was telling them, I said, perhaps if we use the original word, which is servant, it will make people think, oh, that man is a servant. You know, a servant is someone who serves, who serves people. But when you say minister, it looks like an official uh, portfolio that people have. So now we have to put different chairs for the people. We have to treat them in a particular way. We have to. I'm not saying we don't honor people, but don't forget, our honor cannot be the same thing as the way the world honors people. I mean, I was going to, uh, with a group of pastors, I was going to a place some few years ago to a program. It shocked me that a pastor was calling ahead to the church to make sure they arrange a particular seat for us. I'm sitting there thinking, I couldn't have even remembered something like that, right? If I come to a service, whenever I see that chair is available, I will sit down that place and everything will be okay. Now look at, uh, why am I bringing this up? These things you ignore is coming from somewhere. These things you know. When men start to think that they ought to have positions more than others, is coming from somewhere. Now listen to the way Brother Peter described himself. He called himself a loving servant. He didn't call himself mighty man of God. No, he didn't do that. He called himself a loving servant. The other translation say a bond slave. Now watch this. He says, and an apostle. Apostle simply means a sent one of Jesus Christ. He says, I am writing to those, just listen carefully, I am writing to those who have been given a faith. A faith has been given to them. And what is it that produced this faith? He will tell you now. He says, I am writing to those that a faith has been given as equally precious as ours. So the faith that these people have received is a precious faith just like ours. He says, but how? It says, through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. Notice that. What is it that gave them this faith? The righteousness of God. When these men realized that God in Christ has made them righteous, he gave them a faith. He gave them a faith. He gave them a boldness to live their life a particular way because they realize that righteousness has been made available for them. Now, notice this very carefully. It says, May grace and perfect peace cascade over you. That means continue to roll over you. That is the experience of it now. Praise God. Amen. As you live. But how? As you live in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. So, this cascading grace here is not going to fall from heaven. It's not when you have prayed and prayed and prayed. Then now, God will now remember you. God will say, Hmm, this my child has cried enough. Kai, this my Pekin, eh, he has suffered plenty. Kai, this my Pekin, I have not, in fact, I forgot this my, this my son here. Ah, let's give him some grace. If God lives like that, then he's not different from a man. He's not different from your uncle. He's not different from your aunties. Now, listen here very carefully. Brother Peter says, how does this perfect peace cascade over you? He says, as you live in the rich knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. So, your knowledge of God and what Christ has done triggers this grace to become your living experience. Is that clear enough? You were not laid Some of you who are listening to me, you were born and raised in church. You never knew that Christ has made you righteous. Some of you listen to me. You were born, you were raised in church, I know, and it's not as if you're a teenager. No, you're an adult now, but you never knew that Christ has made you righteous. Rather, you were given requirements on how things that you can do to obtain a righteous standing with God. And if a man does not understand the doctrine of righteousness to accept it, that man is as religious as the Pharisees, even though he is calling the name Christ. It's as simple as that. But the moment you begin to notice this, the moment you found that that knowledge and you held on to it, question. When did God make it available? Was it that day that you accepted it or did he make it available when Christ died and rose from the dead? Of course you know, that has been made available 2,000 years ago. Why was it not working for you? Is it because you didn't pray? Is it because you didn't fast? Is it because you were not uh, 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 serious with it? No, it's none of that. Some of you are, are serious. You are more serious than a lot of people. You slept in church, you did all this, but those things did not allow you to enjoy his righteousness. Why? Because it comes by knowledge. And that is why we teach. That's why Christ taught. That's why Peter taught. Why would why would Brother Paul be writing all these letters? It is to teach them so we know what our inheritance is. But notice, the moment you accepted it, it became your reality. Instantly. You didn't have to do any other thing. Friend, it's the same thing. No matter whatever thing we are believing God for, we're looking for, is the same thing. The, cha- the challenge is that religion has so much messed up ahead. You think you need to go and convince God to give you victory. If God gave you Christ and removed victory, then what is Christ? Today we are more than a conqueror because why? The one who loved us can never change his love. Praise God. Amen and amen. Now, Look at this. And this is where I wanted to point out this morning. Don't forget, for those of you listening, you already know this scripture, but I hope it makes more sense to you. This is also to tell you, to confirm what we are telling you. For example, where is heaven? We have, the Bible says we are not going to into that place, but we have already entered into that place. Praise God. Look at what it says here. It says everything we could ever need for life, and the godliness. Sir, so read the scriptures yourself. That's why I repeat the chapter and the verse over and over. So you can go and confirm. It's not like I'm telling you some fables. He says everything. Everything means everything. Understand that everything is everything. He didn't say some things, right? Remember, man is the one that always removes from what God has done. And why are they trying to remove? They are trying to get you to do something, right? In order to get you to do something, to come for a service, to act in a particular way, they remove what God has done. They tell you, now you need to fill the gap. Once you fill the gap, God will not do it for you. No, sir. The Bible says everything, everything means everything. Everything means everything. Again, everything means everything. If you find any other explanation of everything that does not mean everything, or any other translation that says it's something, come back and let me know. Everything we could ever need for life. Everything we could ever need for life, number one. And the godliness. What is Godliness. Godliness here simply means everything we require to live as God, to live in the nature of God. So, everything we require for this life and everything that we need, right? Everything we need to reflect God's true nature. To reflect God's true nature is to live as God, to reflect his kindness, to reflect his love, to reflect his peace, to reflect his power, to become the living expressions of God. Everything we will ever need in this life, for this life, and to live as the true reflection of God. The Bible says has Already has already again has already again has already not that it is going to be given when you fast enough, when you pray enough, when you cry enough, when you worship enough, when you attend this uh, seven days glory, glory, when you do it and then God. No, the Bible says it has already been deposited where. In the sky? No. He didn't say it's in the sky? No. Is it in the mountain? No. Where it is? He said has already been deposited where? In us! In us, beloved. In us. The victory you are crying for outside is in you. The heaven you are looking for in the sky is in you. The Christ that you are crying looking upstairs lives inside of you. The God you are shouting, hoping that when you shout, your voice will go through the skies, go through the element, go through the 720th heaven and reach him. The God is in you. The victory is in you. The prosperity is in you. Why are you not experiencing it? You are looking for it outside. And that's what everybody teaches, to get you to look for it on the outside. The, that's when I started telling people, friend, look, if you understand the scripture, the prayers we pray is not to move God, is to move us. Our prayers ought to move us to faith. Our prayers ought to purify our unbelief, right? If I sit down here and I'm crying, oh God, please come and bless me, oh God. You have blessed every other person. It's not me. Without me, Father, what did I do? Please, Lord, come and bless me. Come on if I do that, I am denying that I have been blessed. Don't forget, that's how Satan stole their place in the Eden. Do this and you get this. Do this and you become this. Now, listen to me very carefully. The Bible says everything we could ever need everything again everything don't don't read that word and jump up of it no do you, you listening to me this morning do you really believe that everything you could ever need everything that you could ever need again everything you could ever need would do you believe that not just for life but also expressing the fullness of God, that everything you will ever need to do that has already been deposited inside of you. How? By his divine power. It is his work. It is his work. Sir, this is why we tell people, right, that our prayers, our meditations, is to clean up the unbelief so that our spirit is pure. Faith in us is to remove that picture of God you have, that God is seated in heaven, sitting with a white beard, ISPS, and he's holding your blessing in his hand, and he's hoping that you will trust him enough, you will cry to him enough, you will go to church enough, you will, you know, serve him enough. After you have served me enough, you will now say, okay, he will touch his beers, he will touch his beers down and say, okay, 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 yeah, that my son is has done very well, you know, that my daughter. Okay, angels, please go and, and dash him some few blessings, not all, you know, just dash him some few uh, blessings. Sir, God will not be different from your uncle. What makes him God is that if you look at Eden, everything Adam needed, God had created before he put him there. He's the same God. Everything you and I needed is in us, in Christ. When we say new spirit, it's to remove the doubt that is in your spirit, to remove the covering that is your spirit, to remove the lies that is in your spirit, to remove the superstitions that is in your, your spirit, so that that which God has deposited will not... It's not even that when we do this, is God deposited. No, it's already there. Praise God. Amen and amen and amen. Beloved. This morning, you know what I did this morning? I had to go back a little bit so that you understand that what I'm teaching you in Revelation is not just in Revelation. No, it is the same truth across the scriptures. It is the same truth. Whatever you are looking for up is in you. The kingdom of God is not in the sky, it is in you. If you are looking for holiness, holiness is not something you act outside. It's, it's the reality of faith that you have inside of you and how you see yourself. Friend, what did I tell you? The gospel we preach we preach does not demand faith. It impacts faith, just like brother Peter has shown this morning. He said that faith has been given to these people. How did they get the faith? Because of their understanding, knowledge of their righteousness. Now, now, if I have to come back to this tomorrow because of time, I will do. Because, because if you follow, it will tell you that, how did this happen to us? It will tell you that it is by the knowledge of Christ. Praise God. That is why we teach every morning. And as many as will receive this truth, you will come to a place of rest. You will stop running around. We go to church today because it's a place of service. It's community. I bring what you have. You bring what you have. We serve one another. We encourage one another. We love one another. That's the essence of it. And then the most important, we learn more of what he has done for us. We don't go to church to learn the, the 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 most recent, the most trending activity we have to do to get God to bless us. If we are doing that, your blessing is being removed from you and that will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Let me stop here. And of course, I'll come back to you again tomorrow by the grace of God. And help me share this good news that brings peace to the heart of men. And don't forget that this morning, you, you, have been served. Shalom.